Hello and welcome to the Inner Gamer episode 222. That's a lot of words to say. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Brett Yanoski. And I'm Austin Morales. And this week on the Inner Gamer podcast, me and Brett talk about our experience at DreamHack. Was it good? Was it bad? Do we play a lot of games? Well, hell yeah, we did play a lot of games. We played all the games. And in the gaming news, Death Stranding has a release date. Guess what it is? Well, you have to listen to the news to find out. And Call of Duty has rebooted Modern Warfare, calling it Call of Duty Mo- Modern Warfare, or Mo- Modern Warfare, and, <laughs> and much, much more. And for a discussion topic, we talk about E3, all that's been announced that we know so far that's going to be there, and our predictions, our hopes and dreams of what could be coming out the rest of this year, coming into next year, and beyond. So stay tuned for that, and... Cue that music. Welcome to the It is June 4th, 2019. Welcome to the Intergamer Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to donate to our Patreon to make the show better. And we'll give you some awesome goodies along the way for as little as $5 a month or just $5 one-time fee. If you go through our website, you can donate to make everything better and help us keep bringing you the highest quality content each and every week, such as some of the awesome videos you're about to see in the next couple of weeks coming from our events at DreamHack Dallas. It was awesome. We had a blast. It was so much fun. If y'all haven't been to DreamHack, you should definitely check it out. The next one's going to be in Atlanta in November. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about it. Huh, Austin? Uh, just a little bit. Are we talking about this? Yeah, let's talk about just this. Just a bit. So uh, DreamHack Dallas, for those of you that don't know, um, the best way to find out more about it is to go back to our podcast, theinnergamer.net slash 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 slash. I don't remember which one it is. I'm trying to find it. And I'm, I'm like just holding on to it while we... Uh, here we go. Slash 207. TheInnerGamer.net slash 207. We sat down and talked with Justin Varghese, our buddy over at DreamHack. He oh, yeah. works for them and basically helped put on a badass event. It was awesome. Uh, three days of esports tournaments. There is a streaming studio going on there. Expo hall full of indie games and people selling stuff. And then a BYOC area and panels and all kinds of stuff going on. It was it was intense. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. $37 a day. Once you pay to get in, you can uh, pay a dollar to get in any tournament and just play to win and they had like two million dollars worth of prizes and stuff that were given out and we didn't win there was live music um one night was edm the other night was metal music holy shit that metal music was loud <laughs> oh my god but it was intense i was like we've been there all day i'm tired i'm, I'm getting out of here i can't <laughs> oh take, yeah i can't take this young crowd anymore <laughs> <laughs> this young crowd anymore oh, i'm sorry about that it's a bummer that uh you just can't can't handle you just can't hang over there austin just the way it is. Yeah, um, I was out. So let's talk a little bit about some of the games we played. So we were there. There was a we mainly we spent a lot of our time in the indie playground as we typically do at these events, um, and we we saw a lot of really cool games. 
that we sat down and played. Um, the first day we were there, which was Friday, we jumped in and played a couple of games, one of which we've seen before at uh, PAX South, um, but never got to play because the line was super long. This time there was no line, so we just hopped right in there. And it's a game called Due Process from Annapurna Pictures, which I love them because they've done games that I've talked heavily about, such as... It's actually Annapurna Interactive. Well, Annapurna Pictures is like the parent studio. Yeah, Interactive is, I guess, the actual Brett. proper name. Sorry, sorry. I Annapurna got a Interactive. And I read it. <laughs> yeah. And then Annapurna Pictures is like the parent company that like makes movies and shit. And then they have Annapurna Interactive where they like publish and produce games. So they are responsible for publishing games such as Florence and Donut County and Kentucky Route Zero and uh, Ashen and uh, now Due Process. They did Ashen, really? They did do Ashen. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, so Due Process is like a Rainbow Six Siege type of game, which apparently they dropped this uh, game on or around the date that Rainbow Six Siege was announced. And uh, they, they also had, did What Remains of Edith Finch, sorry. Yes, that's right. They did do that. So And Outer Wilds. They had an interesting story about like how they were trying to go back or like take the original concept of uh, Rainbow Six and actually make it into a multiplayer competitive game and uh, I I mean I don't know what you thought about it I didn't think it was that great I mean obviously it's still an alpha right and it's, yeah. and it's still like in development and there's some clunkiness to it and playing one well we played six matches but playing like just playing six matches right off the bat is not enough to really grasp what you need to do. By the end of it, I was like, oh, now I get it. But because it's clunky, like I really didn't enjoy the experience that much. I appreciate what they're trying to do with the game. Um, I think it's really cool. And once it's like, at least in beta, hopefully it's in a more playable state where I can enjoy it. Um, I And it, like one of the interesting things about it is we, you, there's a starting zone where you get weapons and equipment such as like uh, smoke grenades, flashbangs, gr- grenades, and uh, I don't know what else they had. What else do they have for equipment? A barbed wire if you're uh, the, I guess, the robbers. Yeah, I don't bar- know what well, they bar- call Barbed wire if you're the defenders. So you're yeah. like defending the bomb and stuff like that. You can lay down barbed wire. You can, um, um, yeah, I mean, the really it was like, what do they have? Barbed wire, and then there was. That was like it. Do they have like explosives and stuff for the defenders as well? I guess, but I never learned how to do that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, so I mean, like, there's a lot of defensive stuff, and then there's a lot more on the attacking side. But it's it's very much like akin to Rainbow Six Siege, but I feel like more accessible. Rainbow Six Siege to me is very, um, very hardcore. Like it's for the hardcore of the hardcore. And what I liked about this game is uh, it's it's got an interesting art style. It kind of has like a Borderlands, like cell shaded kind of look to it a little bit. Um, so a lot of color going on. But um, what's interesting about this game that separates itself from Rainbow Six Siege is that Rainbow Six Siege has set maps. So over time, the game meta comes down to map knowledge and knowing the map and where the choke points are and how long it takes you to get from point A to point B. So people can get really, really into the weeds of, okay, if I go from here over to this corner window, it's going to take me like five seconds to get there. And therefore it's going to give me a tactical advantage over the other player who is going to be coming in from this point, et cetera, et cetera. So you can like think through all that stuff and 
basically it just if you've played the game longer and you understand the map better you're going to do better in this game they take that away by making everything procedurally generated so every map that you play is going to be different so there is no map knowledge that can be gained from this but what can be gained is the understanding of, or basically like resource management is a big yeah, deal that's the next level which um, i think is i mean playing it was not fun I think because we didn't know exactly what we're doing, but then in concept and looking back at it, I think that is a pretty interesting idea to go with. You don't get your weapons back in the next match. Right. You have to really think about what you want to use early on and how you want to use that later on because you're not going to have your weapons. And then if you, if someone kills you, like if you're a defender and you got like a, I don't know, you know, some machine gun that the other people don't have, wait, they can take it. Right. Like that's what I didn't understand. Is Wait, because say that again. If you so if you kill a defender, right, and they have a weapon, you pick it up. You get to keep that weapon. I've actually I never actually attempted because that, so I'm not sure that might that's be a what possibility. They said at least that's what I thought they said. And then when we actually went into it, uh, even the attackers didn't have any weapons left. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, I don't really understand it fully, but I think the concept is still cool. Right. Right. Um, yeah, no, I think it's a, I think it's a really good idea. I think there still needs to be some polish. A lot of polish needs to be done to it. And it's hard because it's a multiplayer game and there's, there's so many like detailed mechanics that have to come into play to make sure that there is no advantage from one side or the other. And I feel like in this case that the attackers definitely have a more tactical advantage to the defenders because they can, you know, if they know where the lights are, they can shut off the lights and then instantly gain an advantage with that. Right. They have all sides they can come in from. They have um, bullet like riot shields that they can use to like block, you know, block bullets away from. And, you know, there's a lot of different things that come into play with that. Um, and I, I think that I think over time, the hard part about playing at a convention like this is that you're limited with the time you have to play. Um, and you sit down and you're thrown into this game. And for me, it would would take like four or five matches to really understand all the mechanics to the game. Um, and that's what it came down to. I mean, we had six matches, but that's not enough. That's like one match technically. Yeah. Before that, when I say, yeah, when I say that, I mean like, like a, three rounds is right. a match. So, right. so yeah, for me, I needed to play like two more times in a three round set in right. order to really get a grip of how the game worked. Um, cause I didn't know how the defender, how the attackers, what their, their, what their perspective looked like, you know? So without understanding that and the fact that they can spawn anywhere outside of there and like they have different entry points that can come into, um, that like really changes the game. But I think, I think it's got a lot of potential. I mean, I think it's definitely going to be a competitor to, um, siege in that it's, uh, it's more accessible. And I think with the procedural generation, it has a lot of potential for, um, bringing out a new skill set that people that, that allow like just a different skill set that they can, they can take advantage of yeah. because there it is all about, you know, reflexes and the resource management and actually, actually using tactics. And, um, and I like that they have the ability. Now this is something that you de- really have to have like a team of five that are your friends to take advantage of this. But whenever you spawn in, they have like a map and you can actually like draw on the map, like talk about tactics and like draw, like let's enter here and then go around here but the guy was like, all right, just get it out of the way. Just draw your dick pics now. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to be a thing that's going to happen. People are going to be like drawing messages right. and dick pics and all this different stuff as opposed to using it what it's meant for, which is right. in, in you know, mentioning your, like right. laying out your tactics. Tactical I mean, we plan. were playing with younger 
an, a younger audience. So I'm sure all they were like, yeah, dicks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Draw the dick on there. So, um, but it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, I don't know when it's coming out. Um, do they say, do they give us any kind of timeline? I don't line? remember what they said. They said it's like probably going to come out in beta, I think pretty soon, but it's, it's still got a lot of time left. So right. we'll see where it goes, yeah. but that was interesting. Um, after that, we jumped over to a game right next to it that I've been hearing a lot about. This game is actually out now. Um, and I've heard really, really good things and it's called split gate arena warfare. I've heard good and bad things actually, but it, it's called split gate arena warfare and it's, Basically being pitched as if you had Halo and Portal and they had a baby, this is what that game is. So it's very Halo emphasized where you have you have your battle rifles and you have your pistols and you have arenas that look and feel like Halo arenas. But then you can lay down portals. So you can you press Q to throw a portal over here and then E to throw the other portal over there and you can walk through those portals and then teleport yourself around. Um I really like this aspect of it because not only does it give you the ability to transport and like get the advantage on your foe. Cause like, say you enter into a room and you can throw a portal on a wall and then you just like sit it there and then you see somebody come out the other end, you could like quickly toss a portal and then walk through the portal you just created and basically like come up from behind them and like flank them real fast and kill them. Right. Right. But, and then like you can uh, you can navigate through the world faster using the portals and all these different things. Like there's a lot of different stuff you can do utilizing the portals. For me though, I had trouble with like getting used to it because I felt like it was kind of disorienting. Because when you travel through a portal, you're like at a different position, um, and you're like, I just I couldn't wrap my head around how to orient myself after I went through the portals. So it was cool. But I feel like it's going to take a lot of time to like really get used to oh, I got used how to, to it. properly use it. Like immediately. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's just, well, if you think about it, I mean, for me, I think this is a tactician's wet dream because it's like, well, there's areas you can put certain portals and you can loop back around. If you do it right, you can be flying all over the map pretty quickly, you know? Right. And I really enjoyed that. And it's like, okay, if I do this here, I do that there, I will be behind my enemy and up high, you know, depending on where the place to put the portal at is at. So like there's plenty of times I would just come into a room. There's a place to put my portal. So I put it there and I shoot it up top on the right in this one room. And this guy's like to my left below me. So I'm shooting him. I'm shooting him. He's shooting me. So then I just come up to that portal and then I just shoot him from behind uh -huh. up high. Yeah. And so now he's on my right side. Um, and it's, it's very interesting that way. And I really enjoy that's a, definitely a different way of combat and i think it can make obviously it's making for a really good game it's going to make for some really interesting uh combat scenarios because there was one where i did the same thing in the same room and this guy was coming at me and i was shooting him but he was shooting me mm -hmm. <laughs> so like i died and that was the one time that it was like really confusing because he was to my left but I forgot that he could still see me because I was looking through the portal shooting to him yeah. from behind up high. Right. But it's like he ended up killing me before I got to kill him. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I probably should have went through the portal. But at the same time, it's like if you're that close, they can go through the portal too, you know? Right. So right. they can just flank you real easily. And it's just like this crazy loop of craziness. I do like the aspect that when you lay down a portal, like you can also use it as like a window to the other side and see through it, but they can't see through your portals. Right. So like they can use them, but they can't see through them. So I think that's a really cool, 
cool gameplay mechanic. I think it's a lot of fun. I mean, it feels like a game like Quake or Doom or Halo where it's like super fast paced arena shooter. I don't see myself like this become like my new regular game, but I could definitely see myself jumping jumping in this game with friends like every little bit like let's jump in a stream and play it for a little while it's a free-to-play game so you're not losing anything by playing it you know right um and i think it's 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 got a lot of potential it just there's um yeah it's got a lot of potential so um and i'd like to see some different maps that are a little more take more advantage of the portal I, mechanic. I, I think there is more maps. Yeah. I mean, there are more. I'm just like curious to know. I don't think there's the, a there was one that was like pretty open. Oh yeah. I would say. And there's a bunch of places to throw portals around from some of the gameplay. all early on. So I don't know why they only had one map there. I guess that's more of the competitive maps. I don't know. Yeah. They probably just wanted to yeah. throw one out as a demo, yeah. but we'll have to get in, play it and jump into it and, right, you right. know, Run through it some more. Um, probably run through some of these. <laughs> uh, we are okay. run through some of these. All right. So next game we got to talk about Dreamscapers. This is uh this game was awesome. I really I thought this was pretty impressive. This is made by three people. We got uh, uh, Rob, Ian, and Paul, and they are located on the West Coast. Uh, one's in Canada, and the other two are in San Francisco. And they're all from AAA Studio Development teams like one of them worked on tomb raider another one worked for another company like they've they've had their they've all been in the triple a space so this is their opportunity to jump into starting their own kind of game and dreamscapers is a single player experience in which you are following this girl who is um a lucid dreamer so she can control herself in the dreams that she's in and the part that we played was in that dream space where you spawn in with a random weapon set and you're fighting these dream creatures that are inside her dreams and it's procedurally generated and you go from like kind of i would say like like area to area by traveling through portals to get from those areas and you enter into a space and you fight these enemies using a pretty deep mechanic system where you have a primary attack a secondary attack you have different lucid abilities that you can pick up that give you additional attacks like i picked one up that let me throw like a firebomb like a distance ahead of me to like do an aoe kind of effect on the enemy um and then uh, you can block and there's like different mechanics involved in that. And there's like, you know, there's like combos you can do too with your attacks. If you like double tap three times with the main attack, it does like a bigger kind of attack than just a single tap. Um, and there's just, it's a beautiful looking game. Great art style. Reminds me of a game called Besiege that came out a while ago that has kind of this... Uh, simplified design where like the outer part it's kind of like a painting where you have like your canvas and you just draw the part you want people to see and then everything else around it's white it kind of looks like that but it adds the whole dream effect but yeah i'll let you give your two cents on that one no i mean i think it's cool i just uh i'm curious to know what the story is because it's supposed to be a roguelike uh game and i'm trying you know, it was it, we we did an interview with them, and you know, one of my one of my big questions is like, well, how do you? Because they they said they don't want to put a lot of cutscenes in there, and it's like, well, if you don't put cutscenes in there, you know, how are you going to tell a story um, with all of it? And it's more of like, you know, you'll kind of come about the story as you play the game type thing, which I guess they will have some cutscenes, just not a lot, and this is like interesting because they want to do it where it's kind of like Celeste, 
where it's like you die, you start again, you die, you start again real quick and you go through and, you know, you try to survive and all that stuff. And I think for the most part, the gameplay is fun. I would like it. I would like the. I think the enemies are a little too too slow, and I think the combat's a little too slow as well. And I think if you sped everything up, it'd make for a more interesting game. But then again, I haven't played too deep into the right. game, and it was just a uh, you know uh, a demo version. So you know, I don't know how much they have or how they plan to mix up the gameplay later on. Which I said they will have additional enemies opposed to the ones that we played. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, there's gonna be like boss battles and stuff too that'll right. that'll come into play later on. I like that. I mean, this game they started developing it ten months ten months ago, which is crazy to me to know how far they've come in ten months. Oh yeah, um, <clears throat> like they it's a very very polished game for what it is. I mean, I I agree that the the gameplay felt a little slow. Like especially, I don't know what it was like with your weapon type. Yours seemed faster than mine, but I had the uh, the earth weapons that would like raise rock up out of the ground and stuff like that, which is really really cool. Earth power, but it was it was slow. Yeah, because like you would press the button and it would raise raise it up, but there was like a delay, and then when you did it, it also stopped your character for a second. Whenever you launch that attack, you had like like kind of like a mini cooldown where you had to wait to then attack it again. So there it was there was a lot of kind of timing that was involved right, in the right. mechanic. Um, but I really appreciated. I mean, because roguelikes are just like you know dungeon crawling, procedurally generated levels and stuff like that. Um, and uh, this is how that was set up. But what was kind of one of the neat mechanics that they had is that you're doing a lot of going back and forth to like go through these different portals and uncover different parts of the the map to get to what is eventually going to be the boss battle. But you know, one frustrating thing about these roguelike type of games is that you get a certain point through the game and you're like, oh shit, now I need to like go all the way back over here because there was that key or that thing that I couldn't get to, but now I have this ability that I can get to it. And you had to like double all the way back and walk back there. Well, they have this like fast travel mechanic where you just like press the left stick and it pops up the map and you just pick which square you want to teleport back to and just teleports you to that section. I was like, that's awesome. Like such a simple way to take out one of those frustrations of playing a roguelike where right. you spend way too much time wandering around and backtracking through right. a, a map. And this way you can just like go back to where you last were right. and uh, indicated in that way. So that was kind of a neat thing, but there's a lot of potential with this game. They talked a lot about like post launch content. They're looking at kind of end of after like sometime in 2019 to release it. Um, but I'm hoping that they do a lot more, variations of the world and I'm anxious to see what it looks like with the uh, um, they plan on um, um, making it to where you're not just in the dream state but also in the real world right um, which I'm anxious to see how that looks and operates because that could be where all the story building happens right and then when you jump back in and then so basically like that's that's more kind of like a tight-knit planned area and then when you jump into the lucid dreaming mode that's when you enter into the procedurally generated roguelike kind of stuff and if that's the way it is like that could be that could be kind of cool yeah oh um, yeah again it's early in development so it's kind of hard to really yeah Put a lot of criticism on it, right? You know, we haven't seen enough. Yeah, but it's definitely an interesting game. Yeah, but they're they're on a good good uh good path here, and I mean, we got we did their first interview, so that's pretty exciting. So uh, I'm I'm pretty happy about that. So you guys definitely want to check that out. YouTube.com/slash Gamer when we release that, um, it should be a lot of fun. Um, Austin, you played a game called Witch. Tell me I about this. Did. Well, it wasn't much to play. Again, this is another uh, game that's still in early development. Right. And uh, the creator, or one of the creators, one of the de- developers live in Louisville, so local guy. 
Very nice. <laughs> it it looks like and feels like. Um, well, I won't say it feels like, but it definitely has that aesthetic of Octopath Traveler. Yeah, where you have the you know the sixteen bit characters up front, and then you have that like, um, uh, what's um, depth of field kind of 3d world that they you know are in and what makes it different is that while the characters are 16 bit you still the world is actually 3d like well technically it's all 3d um but they have the world like it's made in unreal engine 4 and instead of doing a 16 bit everything they actually have like high poly count uh uh, environment that you walk in and so they only had a demo of the combat so uh go to our youtube and watch the interview because the story i think is pretty awesome yeah and basically uh magic is outlawed and your main character that you play finds out that she has powers and she ends up going against her uh well the king and the country she's fighting for as a soldier and decides to use her powers. Uh, and so people want to kill her now. And so I think, I mean, obviously that's just a <laughs> very broad stroke overview of like what the story is about, but like getting into it, like I really enjoy what this, what, what the story they're trying to tell. And there's a lot of depth into it. So definitely go to YouTube and check that out. But the gameplay, um, for the most part plays just like any JRPG where it's just turn-based, uh, just like Octopath Traveler and, you play as these people who have magic and you try to attack these, these beasts. And other than that, that's all I got to play. Uh, obviously it's still early in development, so it's a little rough, you know, some things need to be ironed out and worked out, but they said they have a pretty decent amount of world that they've built. And I'm very excited to see what this game has going for itself. Once it gets into the beta stages and, and, and to release, cause it's going to be open world. And, uh, they said they actually created this, around the same time Octopath Traveler was coming out. So when they yeah. saw the trailer, they didn't know if the style of aesthetic of depth of field with, you know, the characters in the front and everything um, was going to, you know, work out. But they, it gave them a lot of hope, you know, and drive to continue on with this aesthetic that they have put in, implemented into this game. So I'm excited. Anything Octopath Traveler, or I guess... Nowadays, I'm more into JRPGs in general, so I'm more likely to jump into some of the stuff that I normally wouldn't have done in the past. And because of it is 2019, you can you have a lot more liberties on how you can make your game more dynamic and interesting for people to play. And that's right up my alley now. So Badass. I'm excited to see what happens. I am too. Yeah, I like I like the obviously I like the look. I like this one is more even has more visual effects and like like just looks more realistic in the mm-hmm. background than this than this one does so um, uh, I mean characters yeah. look great I mean everything looks great in this game from what yeah. I saw like yeah. it doesn't not look like you know I mean technically these are some guys who just well I want to say they just started making video games but you know sometimes some of the games not to not to like put anyone down but you could it just kind of looks like someone you know opened up a program and started building stuff right on their computer and made the, an indie game and that's awesome because that's how everyone gets started right you just you just start doing it but this actually looks pretty like triple i if you ask me yeah so well i like too that the, the developers are awesome they're like super humble right. super appreciative very like open to you know criticism and critiques and just like they just they're, they're the type of, type of people you want to support right because they're just good-hearted people and Passionate. I, I really like that have a good vision i like it 
Yeah. I like it. All right. Last game I want to talk about real quick is a game called The Last Epoch, also known as Last Epoch. This is a... <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I thought it was The Last Epoch, but it's actually just Last Epoch. But this is being developed by a company called 11th Hour Games, and they have like five of their developers there. This game's in early access right now, and they are exclusively a remote studio so there's like 30 of them that work for the team and none of them work in the same place except for like the husband and wife that i talked to because obviously they li- probably live together yeah and it'd be like weird that. if they didn't yeah exactly but this is a uh, action rpg very similar in style to games like diablo pillars of eternity um uh path of exile even some divinity going on yeah um it has that kind of vibe and i play i sat down and played it for about 15 minutes, 20 minutes. So I didn't get too deep into it, but I um, create a character. I spawn in the world. Uh, there's multiple maps that you can play through that go through different ages. So I'm curious to know what that story is. Yeah, yeah, that was between very interesting. It. Um, or I'll, actually, I'll read the description off of Steam here. Last Epoch combines time travel, exciting dungeon crawling, engrossing character customization, and endless replayability to create an action RPG for veterans and newcomers alike. Travel through the world of Atera's past and face dark empires, wrathful gods, and untouched wilds to find a way to save time itself from the void. So I guess that's what happens with it in that regard. But... I got to dig into the combat system. I got to dig into the skill trees, the passive abilities, the inventory management, um, kind of jumped in all that stuff and playing. It's really easy to jump into left click to move around. They have a nice feature. I'm sure most games have this, but I never noticed it before. You just like left click and hold on the screen. You can just like guide your character on a constant walk as you're playing. Genius. So that was really nice to not have to like keep clicking to like navigate right. to the map. Right. Um, right click, of course, tack. And then um, I early on got a wolf that fought with me. So whenever I went and attack a group of people, my wolf was with me to go and attack people as well. Um, nice. I unlocked a few skills that were just randomly assigned to me when I got them. One was a button that's kind of like an AOE, uh, like it sends off these poison darts around you in so a vicinity class from your you? person. I don't know because it just I just never got to pick one. It just like spawned me in as a thing. Oh. So I didn't really look at what it was. I probably it was probably was the menu a, somewhere. I just I didn't was look a necromancer. Deep. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Cool. So like at the beginning, there's a bunch of characters and you can select any of those. I think I was past that point when I sat down because I sat down and said enter your name and then click create character and I entered my name and click create character and then I spawned in the map. Oh yeah, so you didn't pick a character. You're at the right screen because it's the beginning of the screen. Yeah, I probably. I mean, that's where you, you just select who you want to be your class and then you put character name. In. Yeah. So you didn't do that. I, I bet you somebody already picked a class and then I was at the point of like finalize your class and I there was, was no like, finalize. It was like you pick a guy and your name and you're in the world. Well, that's what I'm saying. So I think somebody had already picked a character and then I just, I already had the prompt when I sat down and said, enter your name and then create. And then I, I just assumed that entering my name was the first step. And then the next right, step was right, picking a right. class. But yeah, so you got screwed. Yeah, exactly. But whatever I was, I was melee mostly. And then, um, I had a, uh, like a pike, that I attacked with and later on I unlocked when I got to the first town, I unlocked a, um, uh, no, actually I had a ax first and then I unlocked a pike later on that had more damage potential and did that. And then I unlocked some new, um, uh, like 
hand things, gloves and boots <laughs> hand and things. the all outfits right. and all that stuff. So I went through all that. It's very traditional, like ARPG kind of game. Like it's got a lot of the same stuff that I'm used to seeing in Diablo and things of that nature. Um, but it does look like that the there can be some, there's a lot of skill trees in this game. There's like 115 apparently skill trees that exist that you can like, go through and build out and there's a lot of depth when it comes to your um, enhancing your character's stats and your loadouts and filling up your inventory and comparing things i will say that there was some really weird ui decisions made in this game yeah that's one of my issues with it because when i jumped into the store for example i walk up to the store and it pulls up the store on the left side and it pulls up the inventory on the right side uh, to compare, you hover over one and hold down, I think it was control, and it put up the two windows to compare and contrast. So I never that, knew, I never knew how to fine. do that. Well, it wasn't clear because yeah, it showed the, icons. Yeah. Um, and never, the icon that represented the compare was like two arrows that went two different directions, right. which like made sense to me because like I do design stuff all the time, but you still need some kind of there was wording not, in there right. that lets people know because then right. the other icons that were there also didn't really quite make sense. Right. And if you press it, you're like, well, you might just do something. The other thing that was really, really weird, this, honestly, this is really, really dumb. But if you want to, like I thought it would be a drag and drop. If I want to buy this item, I drag it from the store and I drop it over on this side and then it pays it, Right. That's not the case. There's no drag and drop. Drag and drop did not exist. Yeah, it's really annoying. And so then I was like, well, maybe I click and it'll prompt me, do you want to buy this item? Click yes. That didn't work either. And then at the very bottom it said, hold shift and either, I think, right click and that bought the item. I'm like, what? Who the heck? What? What is this? <laughs> shift and right click? That is so incredibly unintuitive. Yeah. Why do I have to yeah. press two buttons to buy something in that manner? That just did not make sense. And then I was like trying to figure out how to like swap the loadout or like, you know, swap my, my, my uh, equipped item with my item that I bought. So I was like, click and drag. Nope. Can't do that. So I clicked on right it click. and then it, oh, maybe it was right click. Cause yeah. I clicked on it and it would like then hold it over my cursor and I move it up there and I click on the item and then it looked like it didn't do anything. Then I realized it did swap it, but because the character similar. design was sort of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all the equipment looks very similar. Yes. Yeah. So there was a lot of UI issues that I ran into. That was bothersome. Could be an old build. I don't know. Maybe they fixed some of the stuff by now. I don't know. I was reading um, reviews on Steam and it's mixed reviews right now. Right. Right. Um, and a lot of people are saying the game is cool. The characters are cool. Um, the maps are great. But, uh, the game, the core of it is unpolished, needs a lot of work in just yeah. like improving stuff. But I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it seems interesting, but there wasn't anything there yet other than with the story bit, which I didn't dive deep enough into. That was like, oh man, I got to play this. Right. But it was kind of nice jumping into a game like this. Like, I forgot how much I kind of enjoy those. I don't ever get into those kinds of like action RPGs, but. When I was playing, I was like, I kind of want to play an action RPG now. Just like... So like Divinity? Hack and Slash. Yeah, like Divinity. We should get Divinity. We should start playing that a little we bit. We could stream that. We could stream that. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, this is... I, I mean, I definitely want to see what the story is. I mean, there's some things that I think they need to throw in there, like some some voice acting, which I think they said that they're working on. Yeah. And um, 
I yeah, it, it definitely needs more polish. I mean, I appreciate what they're doing. I see. I mean, they said they want to, you know, their inspirations are like Diablo 2 or whatever. So it's like, oh, cool. Like yeah. this is, I definitely see it here. And I can right. see how that could be. Because I know people love Diablo 2, right? And so if they have some cool like dungeons and stuff, like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Go in there and kill some things. And I think, yeah, it's just the butt, button layout was an issue for me. Because it's like, well, how am I doing? Like, what? How do I move around? How do I do all this stuff? That wasn't really clear. You know, there wasn't no clear tutorial throughout the whole thing. And then. Uh, I think the menu system has always been an issue for me for any ARPG. Like, just how you don't like inventory management, I don't like sifting through a bunch of menus in these games just to, like, figure stuff out and do stuff. And it's just, there's always so much there in your face, like, visually. Yeah. And the tutorials can take a while just to get familiarized with some of the stuff. And it's just, it kind of bothers me. That's why I don't play Path of Exile. Yeah. I'm like, no way. Exactly. Way too much. In Jumped there. into that for a second. I was like, all right, delete. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not um, doing that. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, there's this time travel thing sounds really cool. Um, the visuals and stuff are pretty interesting. The graphics seem turned down on that system that they have, which I was kind of shocked that they had like lowered the graphics on their 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 demo demo system but it usually is man yeah it's just like i want to see it like turned up all the way but like they started this game they released the alpha back in august of 2018 so um now it's out in early access so um this is like i guess beta level now but i looks like it probably needs needs some more more time in the fire to get going but the world building looks looks cool i mean it's it's nice looking there's it seems like there's some really cool abilities in here um, I just don't know if it'll be enough to get people to be like, oh, I'm going to pick this over some of the other greats, which I mean, like Path of Exile is a really popular game amongst the hardcore ARPG fans. And then Divinity, of course, has a lot of like flexibility. Another thing about this too is the dialogue. Well, I was talking to some characters in the world and like, you know, fine. I mean, there wasn't anything like negative about the text that I was reading about the story that they were telling, but I, you had like dialogue options you could choose from. You ask this question and they would recite it. And then usually once you've asked that question, like you don't ask that question again, but I got stuck in like a loop of yeah, it keeps the going. same question would keep popping back right. up. And I'm like, right. I already asked this question. Is there more to that? And then you just realize you just got to cancel. Yeah, I'm like, cancel. like, why is that? that there? That's, that's a UI thing that needs to be fixed. Like that should not be there. Once you've asked the question <laughs> and it's done, unless they're going to respond with something different and just say like, like let the game be like, no, hey, stop clicking this button. Just like right. realize what you're it's, who it's you over. are. Yeah, you're done with this. Done. Yeah, like I've already told you this five times. Stop talking to me, human. Like that would be funny, but it was just look like a bug. So yeah, I don't know. So there's some good and bad bits to it, but it definitely was a one of the more like triple A looking games. There, I felt like triple I. Yeah, with triple I, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but I I think some of the other ones kind of stood out more. Yeah, so that's that. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, that's our dream hack uh, recap here. Uh, I we were going to talk about some Dauntless, but we've gone on a little bit longer than I expected us to, so we're just going to hold that off for next week. So stay tuned to next week's podcast where we talk all about Dauntless because 
We got some shit to say about that. Oh, yeah. A lot of good stuff and then some bad stuff, but mostly good stuff. So stay tuned for that. We're going to take a quick break and come back with our video game news. Real quick, if you all want to play games with us every week, especially on our Wednesdays when we stream, like you can even come in and join a stream, which, I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Right. You can uh, join us in our Discord channel. Check out the link in the show notes. Also, you can go to theinnergamer.net slash 222 and uh, see the link there as well. And if you like what you hear, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and tell your friends about us because we need more listeners. And uh, the more we get, the better we do and the more we grow and the more excited we are about talking about video games. And that's that's good. So That is good. Yeah. That's not good, Brett. That's great. It's great. It is great. Anyway, stay tuned for our video game news. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It is time for our video game news. In this segment, we share all the best headlines from the week in the gaming industry. We are upon E3, which you'll find out more about in our discussion topic later on in this episode. I'm excited. Get excited. You know what else is exciting, Austin? Death Straining. They released a trailer with a release date in the trailer. It wasn't cryptic. It was there. (laughs) And it wasn't just a month. November 9th, 2019. So if we go back to some of the old podcasts... Brett predicted this, that it was something was going to release and it would be awesome if it was going to release this this year. I think that was early on in like our first one of our early podcasts in January, I believe. That is very possible. I don't be talking about it. Totally fine. I I I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, Last of Us isn't going to come out, and I would assume that they were going to release this because otherwise, I mean, what are they going to release? Right. There's nothing to release. This game needed to come out now. I know Greg Miller was predicting a 2020 release uh, back early on when we first got the original trailer. And uh, I don't know, the more stuff came out and the more like information was dropping, as cryptic as it was, I was like, it makes sense for it to come out late this year uh, and not have to wait for the new PlayStation to release. Yeah. Because I think that'd be way too long. Like this game needs to get out now because it's going to be better graphics. I mean, the, the new PlayStation, Kojima can do a lot of awesome things for a sequel if he wants to do that yeah so and honestly this game looks really good oh considering yeah. the fact that it, i mean well playstation 4 i don't think even needs an upgrade i mean playstation right? 4 pro looks so Thank damn you. good already like there isn't anything that i mean i'm fine with him doing it but i like i don't really think i mean the it just it looks fantastic and the amount that they're pushing out of that console as it is is pretty spectacular so um, a little bit about this trailer, though. This is a nine-minute trailer, almost nine-minute long trailer. And they dove a lot deeper into... Oh, I said November 9th. I meant November 8th, 2019. My apologies. Um, but uh, my my thing about this, they showed a lot of... They showed more gameplay, even like UI in here. Um, apparently, you can build really freaking long-ass ladders. Uh, so that was pretty cool. There was motorcycle riding, futuristic motorcycle riding, which is very appropriate for Norman Reedus to be riding a motorcycle. It's so random for him to have when you have that one trailer where he's just walking around. I know, like all that walking. <laughs> and then here it's like, oh, by the way, you can actually traverse yeah, with a motorcycle. The um, they, they showed some gunfights. They showed some melee combat. And they showed a lot about kind of more related to really gave away what the theme, thematic element is of this game. And it's all about this society that is fragmented and broken. Um, cities are isolated. And this game is all about building connections. And you actually happen to play a character named Sam Bridges. And the goal is to bridge the divides within society. Sam Bridges the world. Yep. 
and uh, you're you're creating uh, bonds or strands with other players around the globe. And when they mentioned this, like I was curious because when they say other players around the globe, I'm wondering, and there is talk that this is a potential thing, that there's some kind of cooperative and or multiplayer aspect to this game that hasn't been revealed yet. So I'm wondering if as you play the game, things that you do in the game can affect other players' games in that world, kind of akin to, you know, uh, where the dark souls has a drop in, drop out mechanic where you can like kind of drop into somebody's world and like affect that world or, um, with the journey where you can like be work with somebody else and like do stuff with them, but not necessarily be, I, I don't know. Like I'm thinking maybe there's a way you can leave behind, things that represent that there was somebody else here at one point or another that was another player in that society potentially i don't really know but it sounds like there is some kind of component I, yeah, to that i wouldn't put it past them that there there would not be yeah um but uh it's it's really weird like there was a part where like we found out the babies like you connect to the babies and it creates a bridge to the other other side or the other like so reality the, or whatever yeah, the interdimensional beings. Yeah. And the BTs that are hanging around there and it allows them to, um, you know, see them in the area. He can sense them. And now with this, he can see them and he can also, it looks like there's a part where you can actually go into another, the other reality or whatever that other thing is. Cause there's that part where, you know, he's getting attacked by the BTs and then all of a sudden it just like the area around him gets all like charred and broken and like Brown and stuff like that. And then it's like, you're teleported to this area where Maz Mickelson is. And he's like an army soldier and it looks like world war one style or world war two, maybe warfare. And you're like going through trenches with a gun shooting at people. And I was just like, I'm curious to know what this contrast is. If that's like a completely different dimension or what that space is. And it's, it's, there's still, still some questions to be a lot answered. of what the fuck is going on here yeah. for me. Like yeah. I, I enjoyed the trailer, but I didn't walk away being like, yes, like I know like what's going on here. It's just more of like, this is what the game's going to be like, which is fine. And I have no doubt the story is going to be great. Yeah. The character development is going to be great, but you know, if you relate it to any of the other games like Horizon Zero Dawn or God of War, it's like you get it that you aren't. We with God of War, like you get the the hero's journey, like you get where he's going, where he's starting out, and what he wants to achieve. Here, I mean, you have the idea that's like, okay, Sam's going to bridge gaps, right? But or bridge worlds or whatever. I mean, he's going to bridge a lot of stuff in this game, I'm sure. But it's like, where is he headed? What does he want? And I, I feel like we don't really know that yet. Which, which I was kind of what I was hoping for, but I mean, I'm sure E3 will probably get something pretty awesome. Well, we're not going to get anything in E3 because the PlayStation's not there. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, so, maybe hopefully around there they'll drop something. Is what yeah. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know if I want to see that. Honestly, I just want to know what the game's about. Like, where are we going? I mean, I've, I get it. Like, we we've, we've got a lot more information in this trailer. Right. But there's still a lot of what the fuck moments, yeah. which is fine. I'm not like, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have that. Yeah. I'm just saying, I really don't know what this guy wants. Like I can't get behind him right now and I want to, Yeah. you know, like Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, that character, you understand who she is. She has a destiny she needs to get to like, yeah. you kind of get behind that character. Yeah. You get that from the trailers. Right. But they don't give away everything. Right. They just give you enough to be like, this is where you're headed. Yeah. 
Yeah. This is a lot of uh, like, you know, the the, game. he's going on a journey, but you don't really know what that journey is for. Right. Other than now we've revealed that it's like bridging societies together. And it, but it seems like he's not so sure about that because, you know, when he's like, you know, he's sitting there talking to his mother who looks like she might be the president. Because remember that part where she's like in the bed and it looks like they're in the Oval Office oh, or she's something the president, like that. Yeah. She's Think the so? President. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't she exactly. It. He says clear. that like, you'll be the president of nothing. Like you're the oh, president that's true. of nothing. Yeah. So that was interesting because he's like, yeah, I mean, like there's nothing you can really do until the BTs are gone. So maybe that's the journey. Maybe the goal inevitably is going to be like trying to figure out how to like get rid of these BTs that exist in the world and, and rid of that evil that exists to actually properly join society together and make them unified. But in that process, he still has to, get people behind him to connect these societies together. Maybe there's some kind of force that once these connections and strands are made, then it, it overpowers them and makes them, maybe they breed off of like disconnection and that's how they survive is through fear and whatever. Maybe there's some kind of like psychological, you know, trippiness to that where that is how they thrive and, and go about because whenever it's raining outside, like you feel them and you see them and that's, you know, there's kind of this like kind of, like sense of eeriness and terror that goes on. And whenever that happens, like you can see even the people that were attacking him run away whenever the rain comes, because that's when the BTs come out and, um, or, are, you know, present or something. I, I don't know. Right. But, um, I, what I liked about this is how, like, it's just, it's a, it's, I've never seen this before. Like this kind of story that they're telling and what he's created, like this world that he's created, um, it's so unique and unlike anything I've literally ever seen. I mean, the characters, the 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 concept behind it. I mean, like even like some movies have even like achieved this level of just intrigue of like. I mean, it's just very, very imaginative. It's not like, hey, here's just a war scene and like, go fight bad guys and stuff. It's um, you're not really necessarily supposed to fight the bad guys. It looks like you're trying to run from the bad guys and bring people together and do all these different things. But it's it's there's there's some interesting stuff going on here. Right. I mean, it's very Hideo Kojima, which is great. And this is why I love video games because you can tell stories like this yeah. that you couldn't tell in a movie because you have producers and you know uh, studios who are like, well, we need to make a movie that's hour twenty minutes long because that's only as long as people are going to be attentive to a movie. Yeah. And that's going to make us the most money. Like, this is let's make something that's really awesome, really compelling, that's different and unique. Yep. So, I think it's going to be a big one. It's going to be uh, it's going to yeah. be a rough year because we got Death Stranding, Borderlands Three, New Call of Duty, which we're about to talk about, um, Star Wars: The Fallen Order. Like a lot of stuff coming out, a lot of single player stuff. Yep. Oh yeah. Story heavy stuff. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's gonna everything story, Doom Eternal, like Got holy another shit. storm coming, man. <laughs> yeah, no games as a service right now. It's Thank, just all about them stories. Thank goodness. All right, speaking of story, Call of Duty Modern Warfare was announced. No, this is not the original Call of Duty Modern Warfare from 2007 or 2007. It's also not the Call of Duty Modern Warfare remaster that came out in 2016. This is a reboot, reimagining of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and. I still stand by the fact that I do not think they should have named it this. Everybody's like, oh, but it's all about the branding. People know the name. I don't give a shit. Okay. Call of Duty is the brand. That's the name that people pull into. I don't think you need to call it Modern Warfare because it's not necessarily that. It's got the feel and like the look and feel of that 
era of the games, I guess. So maybe that's why they went that route, whatever. But I just feel like it's just a, I feel like it's a safe way to just get it over with and like, let's just put a name on it and call it a day. But granted, this is the same people that called their games, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare and Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. So they've just like added these, you know, ambiguous terms to it. Well, what they should have called it is Call of Duty Modern or Warfare. <laughs> er. Yes. Warfare. Er, er, er. Yeah. <laughs> Add ers in there. I don't know. But either way, it actually looks pretty badass. Like, I'm glad that they're returning to this era. They're bringing back here, like, prices in the game, which price is a badass. Um, they're bringing back a story, like, legitimately bringing back a story. And they basically said that their goal with this game, this is done by Infinity Ward, their goal with this is to basically take the the era of modern warfare and reimagine it and come up with a, a different take now that modern warfare today is so different than modern warfare back in 2007. Because back then, the biggest concern and threats were, you know, like guerrilla warfare style stuff. And nowadays you have like, it could be literally anything and anybody like this random person here who's a hacker that's hacking your shit and like taking over everything. And there's, it's just like completely different kind of, um, uh, world we live in just, you know, 12 years later. And, uh, that's what they're trying to explore with this. The other fascinating thing about this game is that this is a brand new built from the ground up game engine in public and develop that's being used for this. Thank God. So they've finally scrapped. They've been working on this game engine. They have a team in Europe that's been working on this game engine for a long time. And they, um, I was listening to game informer talking about, they had a, uh, E3 like pre interview with the team or whatever. And they were talking about, they spent a lot of time talking about the tech behind this. And they're really, really passionate about this. And it's, this was in game footage. Um, it wasn't in engine footage. It was in game footage and it looks really, really good. Yeah. yeah Finally. It looks, it looks real when the night vision comes on. Yeah. Like I could, it's hard to tell. <laughs> well, that's another thing that they mentioned too, is they spent a lot of time to make it not like just adding it like an overlay on top right. of the screen, but instead right. like the night vision is legit. How, how can we, how do these things look and differ on these objects when night vision is enabled based on the lighting of the the space and whatnot. So it's not just like an overlay that sits on top of it. It's actually integrated into the all, like it takes into consideration everything on the screen, right. which is pretty crazy. We have so crazy. much awesome tech now for lighting and video games and stuff, especially with the RTX and everything. It's like, right. damn, thank you for taking advantage of that finally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's better, it's better now since it's, it's fairly new and, I, I'm just the one thing I'm really hoping for is that they they can tell a story in a very unique and interesting way, opposed to how they have been doing it. Yeah. Um, and they could they could reboot the whole, reboot the whole franchise. I know. You know, and I think that that would be awesome, not just Modern Warfare, and have people who can actually tell a story like they did for uh, uh, Modern Warfare One and Two, like. Those are great stories. It's so crazy to me how much they've shifted over the times because they've been so experimental lately. Like you came out, we had Call of Duty World War II, which was like, let's go back to the roots of Call of Duty. And I thought that was a pretty good game. This campaign wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. And then the gameplay was pretty good, but they had some stuff. They put that headquarters mode in there that was like just stupid and not worthwhile. And then we had Call of Duty Black Ops, which was... No single player. And they're like, no, nobody wants single player anymore. And now they're going back on that and like, no, we're going hard on the single player. And here's a single player. No 
no battle royale is going to be in that. I'm, they didn't announce that, but I'm pretty confident there's going to be no battle royale. Um, so so, let's hope not. But uh, yeah. they mentioned there's going to be a season pass. So be there'll be like some free stuff that comes out with it. Um, and uh, this is a real military simulator, authentic kind of game, um, full on campaign, and uh, it's going to feature crossplay, which is really interesting. Wow. Console crossplay. Wow. NPC. Wow. All of the above. And it comes out October 25th of this year. So, I don't know. I'm hyped about it. I don't like the name, but other than that, I am very excited about this and what it can do. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the only thing you're upset about. That's actually a good thing. <laughs> yep, yep. And, very uh, interesting, man. Very interesting. Yeah. So I did we'll not see. expect that to come out this year. I can't wait to see the, the multiplayer. I yeah. hope the multiplayer is like solid. Like, oh yeah, rooted in like no crazy explosions, dropping missile things everywhere. I just want it to be like raw, great map design. Like, let's get in the gr- nitty gritty. And what if they went procedurally generated? Oh gosh, no. no, no, but like a general map layout, but then like certain like barriers and stuff were procedurally generated. Like, yeah, maybe. You know, just uh, like you know, there's a building in the middle, and then there's some. I don't know. I don't know. Possible. Just throw shit out there, okay? Yeah. We'll see what happens. All right. So, next story. The World Health Organization has announced that um, gaming disorder, quote unquote, is now recognized as an illness. They have officially labeled it as such. So, um, they made this uh, decision at the 72nd World Health Assembly, according to this Kotaku article. And... um, they are now identifying as that and they say that it is quote a pattern of persistent or recurrent gaming behavior digital gaming or video gaming which may be online example over the internet or offline manifested by three things impaired control over gaming examples being onset frequency intensity duration termination or context increased priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other life interests and daily activities and lastly, continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences. The behavior pattern is of sufficient severity to result in a significant impairment in personal, family, social, educational, occupational, or other important areas of functioning. So, um, okay, this is that official. does sound like a disorder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At first, I was like, this is stupid, but then we put it that way. Yeah, I see people who can. Yeah, it becomes an issue. Yeah. So, but here, so I was talking to my dad about this a couple weeks ago, and he's like all about this and says that it should exist and it's a gaming disorder and like it's a, it's a problem that needs to be addressed, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I don't disagree. Like, I think there's definitely a clear problem with gaming disorders, but I feel like what we often tend to do is we lean in towards the individual and claim that they have a problem which in this case, they have an illness that makes them sick because of whatever things that have happened to them and whatnot. And then so we put the blame at this point on them that they got sick because of their gaming habits. So the goal to fix that is to somehow, I mean, there's no pill that can be prescribed for this yet, which I'm sure there will be at some point. But uh, the way to stop that is to pull them off of gaming. But that still is not going to solve the problem of gaming disorder as a whole, just like how, you know, by giving people drugs to 
help with depression is going to solve the overarching result of what led to that depression for future generations. So like you're fixing the problem for these current people, but you're not fixing the problem that could come up for future generations going forward, which is just going to get worse if game developers keep doing what they do with these games. And I think what really needs to happen is, I mean, we've talked about the the whole regulation and stuff like that, which, you know, we were kind of both not really full, fully sure if there should be some regulation on like the microtransactions and like certain ages, you know, you know, the gambling situation, all that stuff. But we kind of came to the conclusion that yes, it should probably be there in some capacity because I think that's what results in this stuff from happening is that at these young malleable ages, these kids are playing these games and one, their parents aren't stopping them. So that's problem number one. Two, the games themselves are designed to encourage gaming disorders to become a recognized illness because they have the microtransactions and the pay to win things and all these mechanics in there that by design well, are meant to like, create addiction. I mean, just division two, for example, you know, all these, you know, games as a service. Yeah. Not only do you have that, but you have the open worlds, right. That you can go and do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And it just, gets, loop grind. just get a little more difficult. Right. And it, it tries to, entice you to keep coming back and playing more. We have DLC coming, so like you want to play this game over and over and over again, you know, and people who play one game do that. And I think another issue is not only growing up as a child, you get into the addictive habits of, you know, gambling, if you want to call it that, and games along with, like, doing this. But, I mean, for me, like, I, I play games to de-stress, you know. It's like my my cup of whiskey at the end of the day, you know. I come home, I'm done working, I want to relax. I want to play a game, you know, with a cup of whiskey, with a cup of whiskey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's how I take it. And I feel like some people, I I feel like that is, I mean, this is entertainment, so it's a way to de-stress. And I feel like some of the issues, this is just a, uh, a symptom of bigger issues in people's lives. Right. You know, you're stressed out, you know, you you have a family and kids you have to take care of. And it gets, I'm sure that gets super taxing because you're worried about so much stuff, you know? Yeah. Maybe your house is broken down, you don't have enough money, you know? And you, the only thing you could do to just forget it all is to play this game. You know, God forbid you go and do drugs or drink yourself to death or whatever, you know? Right. I mean, I think this is a better illness <laughs> than some of this other stuff yeah, it can that people be. have to deal with on a daily basis. Um, <clears throat> and I get this is an issue because then it takes away from your family time. You could be neglecting some things that you need to get done. And again, like I... I agree with this, but at the same time, I think it's just a symptom of bigger issues yeah. in people's lives. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree. It's an illness. Like it's definitely a problem, but the problem was created by ourselves and right. we put this on as well. Not, like, yeah, again, the developers have done this to people and had they not done what they did, this wouldn't exist because back in our day, like, yeah, we played a shit ton of video games for sure, but there wasn't anything intentionally designed in the game to make us keep coming back on a repeated fashion other than, oh, you can replay it and play it on a harder difficulty. Right. You know, that's there. Battlefield. But we know, didn't have games as a service, and games as a service is, a re- is creating gaming disorder. Mm-hmm. Like, it's literally creating it. And, um, I mean, I think that's, that's the biggest problem right there. And how do you solve that? Probably, I mean, you could get rid of it entirely, but it's a huge money maker for people. But I think there should be some kind of limiter in that sense. Like I don't know if the game should have a limiter or what should have a limiter. But 
I think at this point it's it's more of like we need to start now we see there's an issue we need to take the steps to help generations coming up yeah you know and not just band-aid I, it but just, actually just like, stop it for me this is what I see I see a lot of people who aren't attentive to their kids anymore everyone's on their phones the kids are on their phones there's three-year-olds playing iPad games you know everyone is addicted to that screen <laughs> Right. And no one's paying attention to each other. Yeah. You know, it's so easy for a parent to be like, oh, yeah, just play on your iPad because it's it's, get out of relax. Let me do my stuff and what I want to do. And then you totally get it. Yeah. Right. That's the best thing any parent could ever hope for. But now it's a, you know, best of times, worst times dilemma. And now we have to help with the teacher kids. Hey, this is what you need to do. You can only do this. You know, you can't play games all the time. You need to take a break go outside, you know, just rebalancing everything. Yeah. Because we're definitely out of balance with a lot yeah. of things. Yeah, uh, no, that's true. I mean, the balance is a big part of it. It's like, yeah, this would never have been a problem if there was the balance in their lives of you get, I mean, my parents limited me and I hate it. I hate it when they were like, no, you can only play like so much and you got to get off the computer and like go do this thing. And I'm like, no, I want to keep playing. And they're like, no, no, get the hell off the computer, go outside, play with your friends, like, do something else, but don't sit here on the computer. Right. I'm like, okay, fine. And then, so I would do it and they pushed on that and it, it was good because I see now like what that meant, but kids don't see that when they're younger because for them, it's like they're looking at the short term, like what's the right. next two hours going to look like for me? Well, I could sit there and like two read hours. a book yeah. or I could like sit there and shoot people in Fortnite right. and get all kinds of cool skins and yeah. loot and stuff like that. Yeah. And of course they're going to gravitate towards the ladder. So, yeah but it's just amazing to me that there's like had to be all this stuff (laughs) done to be Uh, like oh yeah this is a problem right so but there's no fix being prescribed for the problem other than i guarantee you they're gonna have a drug for this at some point and they're gonna be like oh yeah this will like decrease whatever like the the you know the What's the cognitive the, functions, the, whatever it is that is really the dopamine releases or whatever to right. allow you to not be so addicted to these things. I wouldn't put it past them that they'd be like, oh, this is a, a symptom for anxiety. So you must have anxiety. Oh, so yeah. Here, sure. here, here's here's whatever Xanax or whatever. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Because <laughs> everything leads back to anxiety. Yeah, let's give anxiety is so Xanax. common <laughs> because I'm a paramedic. Anxiety is so common. Like, yeah, I would doubt that they would put that with anxiety. Yeah. Everybody today, I feel like, has some form of anxiety. Like I, that means you—it's what you live. <laughs> Living is anxiety. You could die at any moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's just dealing with you know the cards and situations. Yeah. Dealt. Anyhow. Yeah. Interesting. It's crazy, but it is what it is. All right. Uh, on to a happy note. There was a little bit of a Pokemon kind of like direct that happened last week. And um, they announced several new things. So one of the biggest things that they announced is a thing called Pokemon Home. And this is a cloud-based service where pretty much every new and big Pokemon game from Go to Sword and Shield will let you store and share your Pokemon across platforms. So this is like your cloud-based Pokemon Ether world (laughs) thing. And there will be some social functionality built into it. Um, So that's been announced. Not much else beyond that, but it's going to link Pokemon Go, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, Pokemon Sword and Shield, all that stuff will come together in one big Pokemon Home Cloud service. 
Then they announced this thing called Pokemon Sleep. It's a mobile game from the people that made Magikarp Jump, and it's coming out in 2020, and it is going to entice you to sleep better by gamifying your sleep. So you wake up with Pokemon every morning with Pokemon Sleep. You basically are um, doing this. You have a device that has an accelerometer in it that tracks your sleep time and sends the information via Bluetooth to your smartphone. And then what it also does is that you have a device called Pokemon Go Plus that you can use with it during the day and with Pokemon Sleep at night. So you can go to sleep, do your thing, wake up and like maybe like get sleep and stuff and get better sleep and get Pokemon and rewards and experience points for this stuff. So, yes. Why, why are we got to gamify everything? I mean, why? What else why? are you going to do, man? I mean, this is this is the negative side about gaming. I mean, wouldn't you want to sleep getting, better if you got a Pokemon we woke up in the morning? Getting so popular. <laughs> I just, this is, this is a little ridiculous, but I will not say anything if it works and actually helps people out, which I have no doubt that it will help some people out. But it, if it amasses, you know, a pretty big audience and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm getting so much more sleep and I hear that constantly, then yeah, I'll be like, yeah, well, that's great. I, I guess it works. But it just seems stupid. I'm the sorry. name of the device is also called Pokemon Go Plus Plus. Plus spelled out and then the plus icon. So that's kind of cool. Fred, I'm dying over here. I know, right? This is so stupid. Then also they announced Pokemon Masters. It's a mobile game featuring a collection of the series trainers and their Pokemon with gameplay focusing on 3v3 battles. So it'll be out later this year. Not much else was said, but basically you got three, three fight each other mobile game. So a couple of mobile games re- announced and released or announced and revealed and then Pokemon Home. And then uh, at E3, we're going to learn a lot more about Pokemon Sword and Shield with all the details behind that. So Sweet. stay tuned. That's what I'm excited about. Oh, yeah. All right. Last story we have. Now, this I'm pretty damn hyped about, bro. Pretty damn hyped. So <laughs> Microsoft <laughs> has announced. This is funny. That okay, go ahead, yeah. they are bringing more games <laughs> to Steam. <laughs> Fuck their store. <laughs> They're like, we believe you should have choice. Now, this is this is smart, though, because everybody is like shitting on Epic Game Store right now, right? True. And they're like, no, you know, we're not Epic Game Store. We have a store. But you know what? You don't have to play on our store. We're going to bring our games to Steam, too. You know what? Microsoft Freaking brilliant, man. likes money, and they're going to make money. Yeah, and they're going to get like all the people behind them be like, Oh, look at us. Yeah. We're the friendly group. We want to be yes. everywhere on everything. So uh, the Microsoft Store is now going to start um, accepting Windows 32 games and uh, not just games that are built for the Windows Store. But in addition to that, they're going to like open up their games to Steam and stuff like that. So um, that should be interesting. And then additionally, what was also announced, and like this is what I'm really freaking hyped about, Game Pass finally confirmed for PC with day one releases. More details coming at the E3 conference. So oh, shit. Game Pass before, which is their subscription service to play all their games with one month low monthly fee, but whatever, right, uh, right. was only reserved for Xbox One players. Now that's not the case. It'll be on PC, and you can sign up for it. I think it's like fourteen ninety nine or something like that a month. And uh, they're going to have access to a curated library with more than 100 PC games on Windows 10 from publishers like Bethesda, Deep Silver, Devolver Digital, Paradox Interactive, and Sega. And they're also committed to including releases from Xbox Game Studios on the PC version of Game Pass the day it releases, just like with Xbox. They'll add new games every month. So that means whenever Gears comes out, 
whenever the next Forza game comes out, whenever F and Halo comes out, day one, Game Pass right there, 15 bucks a month. Shit. They might have got me, Brett. If they're, if they're going to bring out as many... No, awesome- sorry, $10 a month. That's even better. I mean, if they're going to bring out the amount of games that they potentially could be bringing out, yeah, um, I'm going to be really excited, and I might just have to jump on this. Yeah, yeah. Pretty soon we're going to have like a whole bunch of uh, subscription services for video games, and that's what we're going to live off well, of. Well, if it's as cheap as $10 a month, hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are the right one to have it because they have such a huge library of things anyway. Um, Void Bastards, Outer Wilds will be on there. Definitely Gears 5 is confirmed. Age of Empires games will be on there. For 10, bu- 10 bucks a month. That's it. And you know, like me, like I don't play games long term. So right. I would totally just like pay this. Never pay six dollars again on a right, game, right? And as long as you're paying ten bucks a month, you get it. It's pretty badass. Um, yeah, I am in for this. <laughs> so that's it for our news, right there. If you want to watch some of these discussions in video format, you can head over to our YouTube channel at youtube.com/slash/innergamer. They release periodically throughout the week. So you definitely want to be subscribed to our YouTube channel and then bang that bell so you get notified as soon as it comes in. Bang it. Bang it. Bang it hard. That's right. And (laughs) make sure you stay tuned for our discussion topic. We got all the things about E3 coming up, so you don't want to miss this. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Each week, we break down a hot topic in the gaming industry. This week, we are going to talk about what is coming upon us right now very soon, which is E3 2019. And this episode is all about our E3 2019 predictions. So we're going to do this in a little bit of a two-parter kind of scenario. We're going to go through the different big publishers that are usually at the event, sans Sony, because they will not be at E3 this year. We're going to talk about what we know is going to be at these conferences and just run through the list and then go through some predictions that we have and just our overall commentary about each kind of thing. So first up, the most important one, one of the most important ones, Nintendo. They are great. They might be the most important one. They might be the most important one. They're not. We know for sure that at Nintendo, they're going to have the following games that they're going to be talking about. Super Mario Maker 2. Fire Emblem Three Houses, Marvel's Ultimate Alliance, The Black Order, Marvel's Ultimate Alliance Three, The Black Order, apologies, Astral Chain, Animal Crossing, hopefully we'll get a release date, Luigi's Mansion Three, Town, which is a game RPG being made by Game Freak, the makers of Pokemon, Link's Awakening, the remastered version, remade version, and Pokemon Sword and Shield. Awesome. What are you most excited about with these games here? Pokemon Sword and Shield. For sure. Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah. I agree, I think. I want to play a proper Pokemon game that is an open world and has really awesome graphics and 3D stuff, you know, 3D characters and all that. And not the top down 16 bit or the 3DS bullshit that, yeah. that we got from Sunday and you, and you and you want uh biomes. I want biomes. Yes. I want biomes. Yep. Yeah. I want to be able to look at sand. And snow <laughs> and golf courses exactly. all on the same map. Exactly. And that's what this game delivers right. to us. Yeah. And I mean, story is probably not going to be that great, but 
Going for the experience, not for the story. Going for the experience. You're going for the Pokemon. Exactly. All the Pokemon. You got to catch Pokemon. Got to catch them all. Um, I'm really hyped about Super Mario Maker 2. Uh, That's like right around the corner. So I'm not like too crazy about it, but I'm, I'm, I mean, not, I'm crazy about it, but I'm excited to like build Mario levels and release them to the wild and let people just like, hey, play this stuff. You can have multiplayer in there or at least catch co-op or just having two people in there with you. It's, it's going to be awesome. That'd be kind of nice. And I'll I'll make crazy levels and they'll be like. This is hard. <laughs> Your penis level. Yeah. But yeah, penis level. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then it'll shoot out those rockets from the tip. Right. Those little like black bombs that come out. It'd exactly. be great. Um, prediction wise though, let's talk about some predictions here. Uh, what? So Pikmin is yes. one we have down here. Right. Tell me about Pikmin. Yeah. So Pikmin's a game that came out, I think for the Wii back okay. in the day. And now that it's, well, no, it might've come out for GameCube. I don't know. I didn't play them. I've seen them around and stuff, but people were predicting that this could possibly be a Nintendo proper title that comes out and gets released for the Switch, which Nintendo doesn't have a lot of games that are out there. Um, So having something that people know and love, from what I hear, would be nice to have it come out now, get people pumped. I don't know what the uh, fan base is with this, but... They made several of them, so I figured people like them. There's even an article from back in 2016 that said, I'm sad Pikmin 4 skipped E3. So, like, it's been in talks for a long time. Yeah. Which is wild. Um, awesome. And then uh, I really want to see an F-Zero game come out. Yep. That's that's what I'm hoping for. We haven't had a proper F-Zero in a while. And uh, I've never really, like, been like, oh, man, I got, I'm all about this F-Zero life and everything. But it's just a, it's a really cool racing game it's one of the only like racing games other than mario kart which we'll talk about in a second that they have under the franchise of nintendo and i'm right. I'm pretty pretty stoked about that so i'm hoping to see something like super new good graphics great gameplay some kind of like cooperative thing in the or like like multiplayer component to it that's really solid and just lots oh, yeah. of customization uh some some people were saying that mario kart might get a new uh game out and i don't know why they would do that at this point because yeah like mario kart's not that amazing now that smash is out everyone's all about smash unless they find a way to make it more competitive and less arcadey i feel like well and it's interesting um, too because like mario kart 8 deluxe is kind of like in a way to me the super mario ultimate or super smash Bros. ultimate where you're right. just like you got everything you need in there yeah like unless you're gonna like make the graphics like super realistic and everything, like what do you need right more I for? I don't know. Add a few more characters, maybe. But you can just do it with DLC, you know. Exactly. Um, I don't know. Mario Kart Eight is a little older, actually, right? Because Deluxe is like the redone version for the Switch. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, there's stuff they could do, but I just don't see it being that successful. Yeah. As a proper Nintendo game, but the yeah. one that I think they could really pull out of uh, left field and make everyone go crazy is a Star Fox tease. Dude, yes. Like that or Please. a remaster of Star Please. Fox 64, you know? Yeah. Either reboot the franchise or, I mean, I don't know what the last one was. I didn't play the story. I don't was know what the story Star was. Star Fox Zero or something like yeah. that. Or, and, yeah. you know, I played it at one of the conventions in that LA. That was PAX, I think. No, it was LA. It was in LA. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. I knew that. It was uh, uh, WonderCon. That's what it was. Yeah, they had yeah. some stuff set up there, and it was like, okay, it's interesting. But having those the the Wii controllers just was not fun at all. So yeah, curious to see if they could bring it because we got the you know 
Metroid, Metroid Prime 4 tease, which was awesome, even though it wasn't much to really look at. It's awesome. It was a title. <laughs> I know. Check out this awesome title. But just for us to know that something's in the works is, yeah, is yeah. pretty exciting for, for Nintendo fans. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think Star Fox, if they, if they pull that one out, like that's, that would be incredible to see, um, see something that really strong story, just the, the flight mechanics use. I mean, because it's already built in with a gyroscope, you can just like, you know, steer your thing to like fly through the air. That'd be amazing. Um, all right. And then, uh, my other prediction, this isn't really a prediction cause it's already been confirmed, but detective Pikachu is being made for the switch. And I never played Detective Pikachu, the game, but when the movie came out, I had no idea that there was a game that was made for it on the 3DS and uh, it existed and it's, you play as a detective as Pikachu and what more could you want? More Pikachu, more Pokemon. I just don't like that he talks. As long as it's a different voice, I don't know. I feel like it needs to be like a cute voice. I oh, I love Ryan Reynolds playing it. It's so good. Well, I mean, so in, the, in the original game, oh. it's got this like scruffy man voice. Yeah, that's weird. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, it should be a little bit higher pitch, I think. But um, anyway, so that's our Nintendo walkthrough a little bit. Hopefully some of this stuff will come true. And uh, obviously there's supposed to be 21 games there, so we didn't cover all 21, but... There's going to be 21 games, which is crazy. Uh, Xbox. Xbox is going to be the big one this year because Sony's not going to be in existence at the event. Xbox has got all the shit that they're going to be talking about. And of the list here, we know that the following games will likely be present in some capacity. They are Halo Infinite, Gears 5, Gears Tactics, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, Bleeding Edge, which is a game that is being made by Ninja Theory now that they announced their partnerships with many studios. Actually, they acquired many studios last year. Ninja Theory was one of those studios that they acquired, and this might be a sci-fi game that they're going to be very revealing. Exciting. Very exciting. Uh, Outer Worlds, which is a game that is uh, from the original Fallout creators. That's going to be hopefully shown there, maybe release date. Cyberpunk 2077 is confirmed to be at E3 and likely will be at the Xbox stage uh sea of thieves new dlc potentially new updates of some kind battle toads um fable in some capacity there's talks that the team behind um forza horizon is working on a new fable game so fable 4 might be on on the the docket so, so awesome dude yeah and then uh project x cloud obviously we're gonna be doing a big push to that i'm sure and then potentially a soft new Xbox reveal. I put this out of the prediction and just like kind of put it in here. Cause like right. surely they're going to talk about what it's right. going to be. They kind of, you know? I mean, I think everyone's expecting it already. So yeah. if they didn't, it'd be a surprise. Yeah. They're going to do like what they do with project Scorpio where there was right. like, look at all this amazing tech we have exactly. next year to release. <laughs> yeah. Next year. I don't know. <laughs> um, releasing tomorrow. Yeah. So are you excited about gears five? Yeah, no, I yeah. haven't been excited about gears in a while. Yeah, I like the, I like the new direction they're taking it, but I am hyped about Halo Infinite, and I think we talked about this a little bit, and I I think they're gonna drop this in the spring of next year. I think we're gonna get a release date. Okay. It'll be spring of twenty twenty. Cool. Because like, why not? I mean, if they didn't show anything, I guess I would be a little surprised. I, I mean, I'm not holding my breath for anything. I just want to see what it is. Yeah. Some people are saying it might be a reboot of the franchise. Yeah, interesting, but I don't know. 
Master Chief's going to be there, that's for sure. It's not my most excited thing I'm looking forward to. Really? Yes. And this is Halo fanboy over here. <clears throat> well, I mean, I haven't been a Halo fanboy for a while now. I'm still Halo fanboy <laughs> over here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, man, I, I, yeah, Bleeding Edge. I'm excited to play that. That should be good. Okay. Let's talk about some predictions here. Okay. So you have in a, a just a random mech game that you want to see. Right. Some capacity. Well, no, it's not that I want to see. It's just, I've heard people talk about it. You know, yeah. Arm Software has a mech game that they're making. So potentially people Armored are predicting core. there could be a mech game show 5, here. Uh, so it'd be interesting. I mean, I'm not really a mech guy, but yeah, I think Armored Core or something, anything from, from software, I'd probably dive into it a little bit, you yeah. know, check it out. I mean, I'm sure they'd make a hell of a mech game to begin with. So it's very possible we could see that. Yeah, yeah. Because that's been in, in the works for a little bit, and we have heard nothing about it. Yeah. So. Well, I want to see Rocksteady's next big game that they're working on, because I feel like we predicted last year that they would announce something. It was like everybody was talking, oh, there's going to be a Superman new IP from Rocksteady. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome and amazing. <laughs> How are they going to do the flying? And then nothing. It was just crickets. Complete crickets. And they're working on something. Uh, a lot of people are predicting that there's going to be something related to uh, still a DC Universe game, maybe Justice League, maybe uh, Suicide Squad. I would lean towards Suicide Squad if it was in the DC Universe, because that would be kind of fit in the gritty aspect that they um, established oh, yeah. with Arkham. But at the same time, I like to see what they do with like a brand new IP, like something that's uniquely them, like they did such a good job capturing the world of Batman. But like, I want to see what they can do storytelling wise with their own, everything like just brand new right. something. I don't know what it would, what it would be, but I could see it being dark, still dark and gritty. Maybe they even go like some like pseudo, like horror thriller route or something like that. That could that be kind of cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. Like do something in that genre. Hell yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. Um, you were mentioning something related to Forza just because next-gen hardware. Right. People were bringing up how Forza was the game that they that Microsoft showed off for the new Xbox or Xbox One. Yep. <clears throat> and for the you know Xbox Pro or Xbox yeah. One X. Maybe this year they'll also open up and reveal a Porsche on the stage exactly. and be like, then we have a car. <laughs> this car is actually being shown. It's out now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which that was what happened. I was like, that's fucked up. Yeah. It's so weird. No, so that, that there, people are predicting that they might use Forza to, to tease the next Xbox. So, yeah. I mean, it's a good game to tease it with. Yeah. Graphics are always amazing. Oh, man. I've always looked at them and been like, wow, this is gaming. Oh, shit. I just realized another thing that's going to be here. I bet at Xbox they're going to reveal a, a bit. Well, I don't know. If they don't do Forza, uh, Codemasters announced they're making a new grid. Oh, and grid is a gorgeous game always. And if that's there, this would be a good thing to showcase it on. Interesting. But I don't know if they would do that at Xbox just because kind of competes with that franchise right right but force is like their baby baby i want to see some grid somewhere right like, give me some grid okay <laughs> um i adjusted my thing a little bit i was gonna put this in a random place but i could see if ken levine was making a new game which he is under the ghost story games i could see them maybe dropping this with xbox because bioshock was dropped on xbox 360 like as like that was their big like Hey, it's on Xbox. They're presented it there, I believe. So 
I could see him maybe teaming up with Xbox to showcase this in cool. some capacity. Yeah. The talk is it's a first person immersive sim. And then he was heavily inspired by the Nemesis system from Shadows of Mordor and thought that was really cool. That's interesting. And wants to meld that into whatever game he's making. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also heard talks that's got some kind of sci fi elements to it. So all of that just sounds great for Ken Levine. Like, give me some crazy fucked up story shit some badass gameplay it's gonna make a pseudo bioshock (laughs) yeah pseudo bioshock but instead of underwater up in space right yeah there you go we've got full scale (laughs) yeah ocean everywhere air space and the next thing you know it'll be on this new uncharted planet called earth oh my god that's where it's gonna take place it'll be amazing Yeah, so Xbox got a lot going on this year. There's talk that there's like 14 new original IPs that are coming from Xbox Man. lineups. And uh, there's even stories out there that they're going to announce even more acquisitions of studios that they've gotten. Um, so that'll be interesting to well, see look, whatever comes. If Microsoft isn't going to do like make, have their proper studios do the first part of tiles, at least I'm glad they're getting other studios acquiring other studios to do it for them. I agree. And like good studios. Like these yeah. are good studios. So got to make it happen. Yeah. Got to make it happen. So what are you excited about? Uh, what am I most excited about? Yeah. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Whatever they don't announce that we haven't <laughs> talked about. Okay. Now cyberpunk. Right. Definitely. Right. Cyberpunk's top of my list. I right. want to learn more about that and see more. Um, but pretty high again, rock steady, pretty hyped on that. I'm hoping it's there. If it's not, I'm just going like, to quit E3. It's done with it. It's done. Quit. Well, from what we have here, I would say Fable is probably something I'm excited about. So whether they reboot it or just continue on and make everything better, like I'll probably, well, unless they don't, as long as they don't fuck it up. Now that the Kinect's gone, they don't have to do some bullshit stuff with that. Oh, gosh, yeah. I don't, that game didn't even come out, did it? They just kind of scrapped it. they talked about it. They're working on it. It's done. So, and then I know the last one, well, then now that Lionhead Studios isn't part of it, which they kind of they oversold everything. Yeah. Each fable. Yeah. Uh, it started out one, strong and then just, yeah. Because like the first one was so good, you know, it was so new. I think it, it was kind of pushing the line a little bit, but like things that will, could be in a game. And then when they talked about Fable Two, they really hyped it up and said, "Look at all the stuff that we can do." And we're, me and Travis were like, "Oh my gosh! Like this is gonna be an amazing game." And yeah, it wasn't. It was good. It wasn't amazing. Did they ever make a Fable Three? They, they did, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And that one was lackluster too. So yeah. just yeah, it was going downhill. So a reboot would be nice. Just right, saying. right. Um, all right. So the next one we have is uh, Square Enix. So Square Enix last year did a pretty shitty job at a press conference. Um, it was a thirty-minute video. They just like put a bunch of trailers together, and they didn't really have a whole lot to talk about. One of those things was the uh, the Quiet Man or whatever that yeah. bombed horribly. Yeah. Uh, but this year they're coming back with a vengeance. And uh, we already know that they're going to have Final Fantasy VII there because they gave their trailer. So that's going to be a present. They announced officially that Marvel's Avengers, which is a title that they're making, being developed by Crystal Dynamics, is going to be the worldwide reveal at their E3 press conference. Um, So that'll be there. And then Dying Light 2 is being worked on by them or they're publishing it. Um, That's probably going to get release date. So those are the big things that we know about. Um, I have a prediction I want to throw in here of a Final Fantasy 16 being revealed. Also, it's just like some random thing. 
that we'll see a new Final Fantasy. I'll that's throw one outside in there of seven. What? Very nice. Might get a new Deus Ex. Elf. We haven't seen that in a minute, so I could see something else coming out now. Now that they have a shit ton of better graphics and. I hope they stuff. do because I feel really bad about that last one. I never played it, but it like I played it. It, got and it was kind not of, good. Yeah, and the, but Human Revolution was great. Wait, was that the wait? That was one before that, that right? Was one before that, yeah. Right. What was this last one called? Uh, I forgot. It's that that unmemorable. Yeah. yeah it's that. Um, it sucks because I love that one that I played, Human Revolution or whatever, and I'm bummed out that this last one didn't do very well. But that the would be concept, nice to see the, come back. The concept of it is. Great, but execution has always been not that great for me. I mean, I think yeah. Revolution was fine, right? Like playing it back in the day when we didn't have all these other games that are like way better now. Yeah. I mean, it was the only of its kind, and now I think you can get a better experience. Yeah. Like, it's just the open world that they had of the hub world was pretty small and yeah. minor. Well, the UI and the mechanics, like I feel like they're way too overly complicated. Yeah. I mean, I understand like you have a bunch of tech and you have a bunch of, you know, gadgets and stuff like that, but. I just think it's not very, for me, it didn't feel accessible to a yeah. wider audience. And then the story was not as great and beats and stuff like that. So yeah. if they can really nail it. I think they could bring it back in a big way. Yeah. So well, I hope so. That'd be nice to see. So we'll see. Maybe Square Enix will be like, hey, guess what? We're back. Or We're back big time. Octopath Traveler 2. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's too that's, soon for yeah, that. That's a little too soon. But that would be interesting to see. I'd be, um, I'd be so happy. I'm, I'm I'm worried about Marvel's Avengers though, because as much as I'm excited to see a proper Marvel like game come out, like Ultimate Alliance, like sounds cool and everything, but I want something on the level of Marvel Spider-Man and Avengers could be amazing, but at the same time, there's rumors that it's going to be like a games as a service kind of thing, which anytime you put that label on, it just scares the shit out of me. Not happy about that. And, uh, I mean, I'd love to be able to create my own character and go crazy with that stuff. But like, are they going to go MMO route? Probably not. But I mean, it's game as a service. So are they going to like, are you going to be able to just like make whatever you want? Or are you like limited to like the different Marvel superheroes? And what are you going to do? Is it going to be like destiny? Like where you're just doing all these quests and raids, like repeating these things over and over again. No, I don't really know suck. what you create your own adventure. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like that might be a wanna, thing that exists. I don't, and I don't wanna, really want to give that, do that option to people. Make, make this a story. Don't make yeah. this like you know. I mean, there's plenty of games like this, like Dragon Ball Z, uh, yeah. the Z- Xenoverse. You create your own, you know, Saiyan or Namekian or whatever. You know, one of the characters, one of the races in there. Just like what? Why would I want to do that? Right. I want to play the people I know and love and care about. You know, I don't yeah. care about myself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Screw that. Um, so Electronic Arts they're not doing a press conference this year but they are doing EA Play which will be two days during the uh, the days leading up to it so it'll be on the weekend of the 8th and the 9th I believe are the dates uh, we know we're going to hear more we're going to get some stuff on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order hopefully gameplay uh, which I don't see why not uh, I'm sure we're going to hear some stuff on Apex Legends with updates on that. I'm sure we'll get some stuff from Battlefield 5 with updates on that. Obviously, we're going to get Madden and NBA and this and that and then FIFA and all whatever. Uh, Anthem will be there. I'm sure maybe. Well, I don't know. Anthem may or may not be there. They have the Cataclysm event that's coming out. People were scared about it because they keep delaying it. People also don't even care about Anthem anymore. I don't know if that's going to be present or not. Bioware just might stay silent and avoid scrutiny or they might show up and be like, Hey, we got all these awesome things, but I don't think they've had enough time to do awesome things after their fuck up with the game itself. Yeah. They've been dragging their feet on trying to just get 
this recent update out yeah. and content drop, and people aren't happy with it. And so it's like, if they show something, I don't think anyone's going to be excited or care about it. But if they don't show something, I think that's a big sign that Anthem's done. Yeah, I think I so mean, too. Why waste the money, you know? Right. I've also heard that an E for Speed title is going to be re- announced this, this year as well. I don't... <sighs> I feel like at this point they either need to really, really work hard on finding a developer that can do a good job with this game or just let that franchise die because it's, it hasn't been good in a long time. Exactly. Last one that was good was probably uh, most wanted was pretty good. Underground 2 was fantastic. Um, Carbon was okay. But there just hasn't been a good one in a while. Yep. Pro Street. No, that wasn't good. I don't know. They they need... I love that franchise, and I don't want it to die, but EA needs to let go and just like do something better. But um, how about some predictions? Okay, let's do it. Austin, I'm going to give you the the one that I have second here because I think this is your your bread and butter. But Bad Company 3. Yeah. Uh, it'd be boy. nice if we saw... I've been saying this for a while now. Bad Company needs to come back in a big way. Either you know reboot it or continue on. Don't matter. You can do a lot of cool stuff. Really quirky, Deadpool-ish type comedy in action, I feel like. And just like having that in video games is something we need. And as far as I'm concerned, like it was very successful, these games. Because it was different. It had uh, personality. And people really enjoy that. I enjoy that. I play the hell out of Bad Company. So having that come back would be awesome. Because I think Battlefield right now is stale. So they either EA needs to put you know, Battlefield on the back burner for now, for at least a year, to let it like cool off and then bring it back or drop Bad Company. I still want them to bring out Battlefield Vietnam again. That'd Just be like, awesome. Like brand new. I mean, because they'd never continue that franchise. And that was like... That 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 was such a cool gameplay space, like the Huey helicopters and like the boats. Like it was basically helicopters and boats, and then you had jets that would drop napalm and stuff like that. But the jets were like a minor part of it. But if like the down, like it was it was close quarters, like intense action going from like ruins to ruins, crossing bridges, like multi leveled combat and stuff like that. Man, I want that to happen. Yeah, but. I also would be interested to see a Dead Space come back. That would be cool. Maybe. I don't know if they'll do that. I don't think that would be a thing. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, Ubisoft. So Ubisoft's got supposedly like two or three titles that are they haven't announced yet that are coming out before like the next quarter or whatever. But uh, we know we're going to see Ghost Recon Breakpoint. More details on that. Skull and Bones, which is their pirate ship f- ship game, which likely will get a release date. Beyond Good and Evil 2, likely not a release date, but will be there in presence and more stuff. Hopefully, finally, some gameplay. Um, oh, you can't forget about Dance Dance Revolution. Oh, and Just Dance. Just, just dance. dance will be there Sorry, with the DDR. big dance number. Just Dance. Yeah. With Every big, year, it just, doesn't fail. Just Dance 2019, Battle Royale. <laughs> <laughs> dance Off Royale. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. But um, the other thing, this is not a prediction necessarily, as it is a confirmed but leaked slash not quite there yet. Rocket League style roller derby game called Roller Champions. There is art that's leaked out that basically they're making a multiplayer game that's like, I think 5v5 
and you're rolling around a roller derby and you have the ability to accelerate and slow down and maneuver around a track and it's roller derby. So you have a ball and you throw the ball to one another and take control of it. And it's like basically like a, their version of a rocket league game, but made by Ubisoft and Ubisoft would make something like that. <laughs> yeah. Cause they did <laughs> so steep, ridiculous. which was like, so like out of left field, but actually pretty good and under appreciated. Right. Yeah, yeah. But this does kind of fall in that realm. And they also have that game. What is that trials? You know, that's like kind of weird and quirky sport game. I mean, not quirky, but like side scrolling or whatever. Yeah. So this is going to be there, but prediction wise, talk about some predictions. Yes. Watch Dogs three set in London. Supposedly is in development. Yep. I can see that. I, I wish they I let guess. this one go go yeah. die Why? because who, who plays these games? I mean, I've the fir- heard but bad reviews about this. I game. beat the first one, and I just like I felt like it I was did too. That was so stupid. Yeah, the ending, the like freaking chase scene throughout everything, where everything was like blowing up as you're running oh from them. Gosh. It was like so bad. Yeah. Um, Assassin's Creed. The next one is supposed to be a Viking era game, but I don't know if we'll see this. I mean, we had Odyssey. I hate that they. I don't want them to get back to an annual release it's schedule with this. two years. supposed to be. But like we had Origins come out and the next year we had Odyssey. They're supposed That's to take true. a break. That's true. Yeah. But because they have two they studios working on it. But there's already talks that the Vikings games is in creation. But I'm hoping that if they have Watch Dogs 3 and the next one we're going to talk about, they should probably wait and save it for next year yeah. to, to reveal it. Right. But um, this... Rumor this needs it. to be the year for Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell. Fuck like, yeah. Give I've, it to me now. I thought they were going to give it to us last year, and I was super pumped because we haven't seen Splinter Cell in a long time. And again, whether they reboot it or continue the story, like that's fine. Let's just, we need one out here because that gameplay is unique. It's, it's, I think the game in general is just unique. Well, yeah. I mean, espionage isn't, but like having that very tactical, slow moving, I mean, I guess more in the later games it got a little quicker like the action was a little more quick yeah, it was a bit more hollywoody and <laughs> right. stuff and i was fine with that because it was fun and the yeah. stories were great so i mean i think i think people would eat this up i just hope they don't do anything stupid with it and make it like a super like i don't i don't want it to be an open world game yeah like, like you know because yeah like well not necessarily that, that but it could be cool well in the eh, sense of maybe what? like open like open level well if you look at area or open uh, open world open, like okay. a Watch Dogs three or an Assassin's Creed no, or I don't think they would. Do well, that. well, I mean, think about it though. Like every Ubisoft game that comes out now is open world. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, like they haven't released a non-open world game in a while. Gosh, I mean, really, and if you look at the, I mean, even like For Honor, not, but that's multiplayer and that's different. But like even like Skull and Bones is like open world in a way and like yeah. all these games are like super open world. Right. Beyond Good and Evil is going to be open world like yeah. open universe. Open universe. Or yeah. Open galaxy or whatever really. So I hope they kind of keep it grounded. Yeah. Contained. Oh yeah. So <clears throat> we'll see. But Ubisoft's always a good showcase, always hype. So I'm uh excited about that. On the other hand, Bethesda <laughs> Um, what are we going to do here? We were hyped about Bethesda a couple years ago. Yeah. But then Fallout 76 happened. And uh, I hope we don't see Fallout 76. We're going to see some Doom Eternal. Uh, however, they're probably going to save most of that for QuakeCon because that's when they go all out. And they said that this is a year of Doom with QuakeCon. So 
that's probably what's going to happen is we're going to wait to see it all there. Only thing they got going for them right now. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but they got Wolfenstein Youngblood. That's true. So that'll sure. be that'll be their likely release date for that, likely this fall. Because you know Bethesda, that's one of the things that they do do when they announce, do do, when they announce games, they're just like, bam, bam, bam. These are all coming out this fall kind right. of deal. Like they've right. done that several times in the past. So Doom Eternal this fall, Wolfenstein this fall. Mobile games, I'm sure, will be in some capacity there because, you know, they're like, Elder Scrolls this, and then you got this VR, maybe a VR game again. I don't know. Fallout 76 mobile. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, You got Fallout Shelter. They're going to do like, what do they have not done? Maybe they'll have like Wolfenstein gun play. I don't know. Uh, Prediction, though. Probably they need to show Starfield other than a title trailer. I want to say they said they're not, but yeah, I kind of at this point, I feel like they need to. They do. Yeah. Like, why would you not? I mean, if they don't, me personally, I'd be kind of worried that they're like really far behind where they need to be. Yeah. Because they've already rebooted it once, right? I don't think they rebooted it. They've just been doing it for a while. Right. It's been like two or three years that they've been like working on, but haven't shown anything about it. That's true. Yeah, I just I'm just kind of worried that it's not coming along the way they want yeah. it to. So I think this is using a new engine, I believe. Um, so that's probably taking them a little bit of time okay. potentially. Okay. But yeah. yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, if they're having to redo everything because of a new engine, which they need to. But I mean, can you imagine if they showed a, you know, like a 10 second teaser trailer on a new engine for Starfield to get a sense of what we're gonna get into? Like that would be mind blowing. That, that would bring like, everybody back. What if they just took like a 10 second clip from Star Citizen and was like <laughs> Starfield? Starfield. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, this is what we got here. Yeah. That'd be pretty funny. Um, Arcane Studios, we haven't heard from them in a while, but I'm predicting that they're going to have something here to show. Oh, yeah. um, the last thing that they revealed was Dishonored and Prey DLC. So it's been a while since we've had them do anything. So they got to be working on something. Right. Um, the safe bet, it's another Dishonored or another Prey, like Prey 2 or Dishonored 3. Ugh. But I hope it's a new IP of some kind because they're so, like, they did a good job with the Prey reboot. I mean, it wasn't, like, hugely successful, but it was it was interesting and clever. Like, they're really, really good at making gameplay, environmental gameplay, exciting. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, and then Dishonored the same way. But I don't want to see those necessarily. I want to see what they see them come up with something new and different. Right, right. And then um, the Evil Within developers. Um, last thing they brought out was in 2017. So that was Evil Within 2. So they might have some new game up their sleeves to talk about this year that comes out in 2020 maybe. Potentially. We'll see. That'd be cool. I don't think the last two were that successful. I'm surprised they made the second one. Yeah, yeah. Like... Yeah, it was okay. It had a, yeah, it had a fan base. The second but it was one was like, better, but yeah, the first one was kind of, I don't know. That's was, not my cup of tea. Yeah, not my cup of tea. So. Not mine either. Um, and then we got the PC gaming show. So this is usually less than whelming, but there's always some, a few little nuggets in there that are pretty interesting. But this year, Epic Games is like behind it with their Epic Games store stuff. So it might be a little bit bigger than it's been in the years past. 
But uh, I know we're probably going to see more Maneater, which we've heard about this. It's, it's a shark game, right? Where you're yeah. like eating people and yeah. stuff. It looks uh, quirky. Looks it's one quirky. of those games where it's like, I want to drink and play this stupid game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dead Island 2 is rumored. It still exists and is being made, supposedly. <laughs> Surprising. <laughs> right? Uh, Hopefully it's better than it was probably going to be. I read that uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 developers are working on Baldur's Gate 3. Larnian Studios. Larnian Studios. That's always been a PC game. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see if they talk anything about that. And then Age of Empires 4. Like, we know that's being made. And I want that, like, yesterday. Like, really bad. And I put in the PC gaming show thing because it's, like, always a PC game. So I hope they don't put it on consoles. Right. But, um, But predictions, though. You were talking about wanting an Epic Games new title, what if they brought out Unreal Tournament? They're like, hey, uh, that would it's be, back. It's back. 2K20. What? 2019. Oh, 2020. Oh, oh, I Sorry. Gotcha. I don't know. Yeah. Because they had like two. That'd wait, be interesting. 2K4. two k two. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see if they do that. But <laughs> That would I, be good for them. Yeah. I was never a big Unreal Tournament guy. Like I enjoyed playing it. I played it a few times, you know, it's like whatever. But um, I don't know. If they do it the right way, it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was kind of hoping that Fortnite, I mean, not that I care about Fortnite, but either they got a new map or, well, basically that's it. They just need a new fucking map. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They need <laughs> but that's not going to happen, bad. is it? No, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. We're not going to do that. But uh, there's going to be a lot of indie games at PC gaming show, so I'm looking forward to seeing at least all a few little teasers of some interesting things. Hopefully it's not as cringy as last year, but we'll see. Um, as far as other games, we're just going to run through some other games that are predicted to come out, but we don't know when or, I mean... Some of them we know they're coming, but others are just like, we've heard about this, so we want to report on it and talk about it. Um, obviously, Borderlands 3 will be there in some capacity. We don't know which part of it will have it, but we'll have it there. Likely some DLC like revealed. Like, like here's You know what the game is. You know what's going to be. Here's what's coming later after you finish the game, what you can look forward to on the future roadmap. Um, Neo 2 is supposedly in development. Cool. Um, that was a small game, but like, you know, people loved it, like that played it and enjoyed it. Um, challenging kind of from software kind of game. Uh, Remedies Control. I am pretty confident we're going to see a release date of this year sometime. I'm hoping they push it to like December. I think that'd be a good timeline for them to drop this game because people will be like getting kind of, they're playing their other games, but then why not just release a really cool single player game and this December slug where there isn't a whole lot coming out. Right. Um, and there's no super smash brothers. So. I mean, it could hurt sales though. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Because maybe I mean, in January. That's, that's probably better. Cause usually at the end of the year, people don't really want to buy too much more. They already yeah. spend a bunch of Christmas and other stuff. Uh, Thanksgiving. Well, we can't, it comes out before Christmas, <laughs> like yeah. December 4th. Yeah. Or fifth, yeah, because that's like I, I what think, just caused it. I but I don't know how well their sales were. November before yeah. Black Friday. That's true. That's possible. Anyway. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, you mentioned this this game called Lord of the Rings Golem, and I didn't know anything about this, but yeah, it just got announced apparently. It, yeah, it was like back in March or something <laughs> like that. But Data Lake Entertainment is working on it. They made the Deponia series, and um, it's uh, supposedly coming out in 2021 and tells the story of Golem before he appeared in the books. So it's an untold story, but 
about this like Schmeagol golem like dichotomy and action adventure game. So could be cool. Yeah. Depends how they do it. I don't I just I don't know if I want to jump back into Lord of the Rings, honestly. Yeah. I mean Shadows of Mordor was cool. I mean it had its own shtick, so like, you know, it can have fun with that, but I I don't know. Yeah. I'll see what happens. I like fantasy, but I think I've spent so much time in Lord of the Rings in my past. There's like, yeah, I don't know if I need any more. Well, speaking of fantasy, Harry Potter, I yeah. I got to see this game this year because I I it's, we saw that teaser that was leaked yeah, out there. Right. I want it to exist. I want to hear about it. Wizards Unite is coming out this year, so it just makes sense to like like just get on that bandwagon of more Harry Potter stuff. So hopefully they give some information on that. Um, Greedfall from From Software. This is a George R. R. Martin collaboration i believe yes but from software yeah. it's supposed to be set in medieval times and you're a hero with the horse and you'll be traveling traveling around this open world with like five different uh kingdoms that you can go to and it's, uh, it kind of the way it was kind of explained it was it's sort of like dark souls where you have to like traverse to get to the person in charge of the kingdom so like a boss and then after beating them you get something um that's story related so sounds interesting i mean it's from george r R. martin so i have complete faith in who he is and what he does just not in the writers (laughs) that he brings to the table for the tv show um and the witch fire this is a game that was revealed at e3 i think last year was it last year uh no two years ago i believe two years ago yeah um not much said of it but it was just like this really weird dark kind of trailer about cool graphics and yeah. fire and witches and craziness. <laughs> You're like a bounty hunter bounty hunter type thing. I don't yeah. know. It had a cool concept back then. I don't know if it's going to carry through to now. Yeah. But I mean, once we see some gameplay and actual trailer, it'll be interesting. Right. Um, Bioshock four, maybe coming out release two K games. Um, I don't know if they're going to go the infinite route or if they're going to go back to rapture. I would love to see them take Bioshock four if they did bring back Bioshock, obviously Ken Levine's not part of it, which kind of sucks, but doing like a prequel to the original Bioshock to show what Rapture was like in the good days and have you experience through that and be part of what, like the, the fall of Rapture and go through that world and see what it looked like before that all went down to shit. Um, so not as much a horror game, but more like a, suspense action game deal in that world. I think that'd be really interesting. So, yeah. Pretty pumped. Heck yeah, man. I mean, I would like to see another another Bioshock, but again, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be as good as its predecessors, so. Yeah. Um, And then Bungie is working on still Destiny. I don't know why, but they're still working on it. There's still a strong following of people playing Destiny, but they're not getting any new players necessarily, but they're talking about Destiny entering a new era at some point this year. new DLC, new whatever, I don't know. But they also talked about Matter last year and just had like a title card of, hey, there's this game that we're working on. It's <laughs> yeah, a new IP. Right. So cool. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see something from them right. at either Xbox or their own just trailer drop, something like that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a Battle Royale, honestly, because they have good gunplay. I mean, with the gunplay in Destiny, it's really good, and you have powers and stuff. Like it works well. I mean, that's what Destiny or Bungie's known for. So having that in a battle royale kind of makes sense. But I mean, I understand why they wouldn't do that to begin yeah. with. 
I hope not. Yeah. I, I would know. be so sad. I know. So sad. Yes. Um, so, la- go yes. ahead. No, go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. Last thing I want to mention is uh, Google Stadia because they're probably going to have to make an appearance here in some capacity because they're coming out this fall releasing this tech. Um, they need to be at E3. It just makes sense. Obviously, Doom Eternal has been announced to be on it. So maybe they'll have a showcase at every place or they'll just be at Bethesda. Maybe do some PC showcasing and, you know, maybe Xbox. Will t- well, no, Xbox not going to talk about it because of xCloud. But Google Stadia needs to be present here in some capacity. So I'm anxious to see if they're going to have a show floor booth or what they're going to do with that. But we need to see these games in production on Stadia. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, so one thing that I just thought of, and we left out of the PC game show, we might see some Valve Index stuff. Oh, I forgot to mention that. We yes. might see a Left 4 Dead trailer. Oh, gosh. Left 4 Dead VR. Yeah, remember, it's fake. I know. Yeah. Well, if you go back to it, well, no, it's different. Never mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, we might see what Valve's been working on for their VR proper game. So it could games, be a, it could be a myriad of plural. Things. Yeah, I know. Doing multiple yeah, games. Yeah, I don't know if they will release show all of them, but I think if it's what we hope it is, it could be Left for Dead Four or Three. Sorry. Yeah, I hope they do some of that. I hope they. I mean, they say it's their their products and stuff. So that or something from the Half Life universe that would be that'd be incredible. That'd be absolutely incredible. They should be there, especially. But I don't know if they'll be allowed to because Epic Games is presenting it. So that kind of sucks. Oh shit! You know they'll be like, <laughs> nah, fuck to, you guys." Yeah, I don't that's know. Funny. We'll, that's s- funny. we'll see how that goes. Like they PC Gamer something. would be all about it, but Epic Games is like, "No, we don't want no Steam shit there." I know, right? Yeah, they're a competition. You need to change the way you practice. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but they could. Um, I don't know. I don't know what they do. Right? Like now is the time to release that stuff. Yeah, and it'd be awesome to see that. Maybe they'll just have their own like showcase, like their own That'd like cool. conference, and yeah, be like, and then have like what's his name, um, have, have a Gabe Newell come out on stage and his like chair, his throne, and be like, yo, check this, check it, index, check it, dog, Half Life Three confirmed. <laughs> Drop the mic, walk off stage. Exactly. I don't know, but uh, yeah. E3. That's our E3 predictions and commentary. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing what this is all going to be all about when uh, Mm. it comes in. Mm. It's looking to be a pretty solid E3 lineup. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I'm sure we'll get a lot of surprises as we always do. Um, Hopefully no one leaks everything like they did last year. Like everything was leaked basically. It's like, oh shit. So um, I know that they've already had the E3 pre stuff and uh, a lot of journalists have been there and people are talking pretty highly about it, that it's going to be a pretty solid lineup of stuff to, to reveal. So that's awesome. Pretty hyped. Thank All you, right. Man. So that's going to be it for our predictions. If you have any questions or want to contribute to next week's segment, please visit the internet and drop us a line. We'll be right back with our upcoming games for June that are free. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to next week. We don't have any upcoming video game releases, but we do have some new free games for the month of June. On Xbox One, if you're a Games with Gold subscriber, you get NHL 19 and Rivals of 
Ether. These are two games that are free for you to download in the month of June, so check that out. Also on PS4, a better lineup, I feel like. Sonic Mania is coming to PS4 for free, and Borderlands A Handsome Collection. So if you haven't played Borderlands or The Handsome Collection in a while, go pick that up because you get to play all of it before Borderlands 3 comes out this fall. And then on PC, if you're an Epic Game Store fan, unlike Austin over here. Don't do it. Sorry, Austin. Don't do this. You can go download and hopefully not get your bank account shut down for multiple purchases. You can download City of Brass, which is a free game that came from the X Bioshock developers <laughs> until June 6th. So you don't have much time. So go get it now and make sure that Epic Games doesn't like shut down your card for credit card fraud. Nope, don't do it. That would be bad. Don't go there. All right, and that's going to wrap up our show this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast. Visit net for our latest episodes, videos, and social channels. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. And if you want to support our show, you can donate on our website at net. All donations go towards making the podcast, videos, and events even better. You can also join in on the conversation on our Discord channel. Check out the show notes for that link. I'm Austin Morales. I'm Brian Noski. And you've listened to the Indigamer Podcast. Catch you guys next week. Woo! So stay tuned for that and cue that music. I sure will. No, not you. <laughs> I got this. I got this. All right. Take your hand three. off my hand. All right. We got all the news to talk about. All the news. It is hot this time around. Hot times. Fast times at Ridgemont High. It's a movie that I've never seen.